It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. We are going to dive into the NBA Media Week kicking off today with head coach Mark Dagnott and Darius Baisley meeting with the media to kick things off on December 1st. And then we're going to get into the top storylines to follow throughout this season for the Oklahoma City Thunder and talk about the Christmas Day slate as well as the Thunder making a roster move. So much to dive into. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So be sure to subscribe wherever it is you're podcast from so you get a new show every single day. We start, though, with the head ball coach. Mark Dagnott has spoken with the media before on his introductory press conference. This was his first time, of course, at Media Week, at Media Day, and uh, before training camp. So the first thing that was asked to him, of course, was about the players who reported or didn't report. And he's not going to get into that. If you didn't know, today is the start of, uh, of training camp on December 1st. And it's not the start, though, of training camp in the normal aspect. You know, normally the team shows up and they get to practice. But, of course, we have new protocols in place for COVID. So this first week is only one-on-one training. That's all it is. So Mark did not feel it necessary to talk about every single guy who walked in the doors at that point. I mean, it was only 11 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, I'm sure if you can only have one-on-one, one-on-one uh, players and one-on-one uh, interactions and it's 11 o'clock in the morning, you probably have not gotten through all that many to where it would kind of be pointless to rattle off the ones who have came already. And I understand why there's no point to talk about it, especially with, you know, things like the Al Horford trade not even being official yet. So I don't mind that answer from him. I like it. Uh, I was really impressed with him overall in both press conferences, but especially in this press conference. He was very um, informative without, you know, while still being guarded with the media, but but not too much. I, I was really thoroughly enjoying talking with Mark Dagnott, uh, just sitting in there listening to what he had to say. I think that he's going to be a head coach that the media enjoys talking to for years to come. So let's dive into what he actually got to talk about and got to discuss, because I understand, again, the roster is so up in the air. There was no point to even try to discuss the roster beyond the the factual players that we know for sure, like Shea, are on this roster. And so he did talk about Shea. And he talked about how, uh, you know, yes, Shea is going to play the point guard, quote-unquote, position, but he was he was very specific 
in his correction. And not that point guard is like the wrong terminology, but he wanted to make it clear that even if Shea's not the one crossing the ball up the timeline every time down the floor and past half court, it doesn't mean it's not the point guard. That he talked about how the NBA is going with the with the uh, with the positionless basketball, and he praised the positionless basketball. He likes the the movement to positionless basketball, which is what I gathered from him talking about it. And that Shea will though have the ball in his hands more, and he'll have more opportunities to create. So yes, Shea will be the point guard, but that does not lock him into having the ball every single time down the floor. But I, I do like that from him. I like positionless basketball. I think that positionless basketball is the way to go. If you've listened to the show before, you know that I think Darius Baisley is going to be a really good small ball five in the NBA because of his his skill set, because of the way he can play make, the way that he can create for others and himself and go coast to coast off a rebound. He's a really good rebounder already. You put some more size onto him, like, like Billy Donovan talked about in the bubble, and he can become a really, really good small ball five. And so that leans into that, the, the positionless style and the positionless basketball that apparently Mark really enjoys. But yes, Shea will be the point guard confirmed from Sam Presti yesterday and Mark Dignott today. So Shea is your point guard, and that's going to be really, really fun. Because as I said yesterday, why not? Why not? If Shea is your point guard and he performs very well and he proves to you that he can do it, that's great. If he takes a step back and it's not what you're looking for, he's already proven to you he can be a really, really good off-ball guard. So there's no losing here for the Thunder putting Shea at the point guard this year. And so I like that they're going to give him more opportunities to create. And both Presti and Mark talked about how they want to grow with Shea. They want to give him opportunities to not only have tremendous success, but also, you know, there's going to be nights where it's a new position. It's a hard position. You might fail a couple times a night. You, you might have a bad game here or there, but you still want to grow from that, learn from that, and continue to work on being the point guard of the future. So I really like the direction that they're heading, both with the team and with Shea specifically. Uh, but we move on to Hundu Diallo. And I point this out because... I've had Hamdu Diallo as a projected starter since my roster projection 1.0. I think that there's something to be said for him being the longest tenured player on this Thunder team. And as Sam Presti pointed out yesterday and Mark reiterated today, that he has earned a spot at any at every single training camp he's been in. He has earned a spot. He has earned playing time. He has earned a starting spot even before. I think that he will get the start on opening day, especially if George Hill is not on this roster. Now, if George Hill does not get traded before then, and if George Hill remains on this team, maybe it's harder to to place Diallo above him because that's what it comes down to to me. Because to me, I have Shea, Dort, Baisley, and Al Horford locked in the starting lineup. That's four guys out of five. And so if you need to make room for George Hill, then yeah, you're going to have to bump Diallo. But I think that Diallo is, really, is in a really good position to start for this team if George Hill is not a part of this roster in a couple weeks on December 22nd. One more thing about Hamadou Diallo that Mark had to say. Mark said that Hemi still has a lot of ceiling left. And that's not something I think that Thunder fans realize or or Thunder fans want to acknowledge or want to hear because for some reason there's like a really big Hamdou Diallo fatigue factor in all of this. Personally, I think that before that injury last year in December, he was playing some really good basketball. I mean, he was playing some really, really good basketball. So why not let him have another opportunity to show that that was more than a flash in the pan and that he can stay healthy and, and that whenever he is healthy, he's still a good basketball player. So the fact that Mark still see, still sees it that way and still sees that Diallo has a lot of ceiling left and you mix that with 
the feeling that Billy Donovan obviously had for Diallo. I mean, look at how many opportunities he gave to Diallo in the bubble. Inside the bubble, Diallo had so many chances. And it was to the point that it was, again, frustrating Thunder fans. But that just showed the confidence and the belief in the talent that Billy Donovan had. And I think that Mark shares those same views on him and Diallo. So that's why I felt so comfortable projecting him as a starter. And again, that changes, though, if, if George Hill is still on this roster. So we want to move on now to Darius Baisley uh, and what Mark had to say about him. And he mentioned how smart Baisley is and that Baisley picked up on things quickly. And, and anything you threw at Baisley last year, he was just able to handle it and move forward. And that this year, much like Shea, he'll have a bigger opportunity, a larger opportunity, and he'll have way more responsibility. And again, that points me in the direction of they want to make Baisley a building block. They want to make Baisley a starter. They want to make Baisley into that first-round talent that they saw in him. And I think he can do it. I mean, maybe I'm putting too much stock into the bubble, and, and maybe I'm putting too much stock into the way his jump shot looked at the bubble, the way he played and, and hustled and, and the way he defended and switched in the bubble. Maybe I'm putting way too much stock in all of that. But I, I do see the potential there with Baisley, so I'm very excited in all of this. And again, I don't think that Baisley in the NBA yet has been given the roster around him to fully show off his best attributes and his best skill set. I've said all along that his best skill set, his elite traits, are playmaking, and it is, you know, creating for others. And now he's developed a really nice jump shot. I think that whenever you're not playing with three guards, it can really help display that. So I'm excited for this year about Darius Baisley. And then on Lou Dort, he just talked about how Lou Dort now has earned the respect of this organization. But he also has earned a larger expectation from the organization and a reputation around the league. I think that you can see teams start to go after Lou Dort now. And, and you you know that NBA players have this huge, I don't want to call it ego, because ego like sounds like a bad like a bad term. I don't mean it as a bad term. They just have this, this huge confidence in themselves, which they should because they're the best athletes in the world, that they've heard all the chatter of how Lou Dort's so great. They've heard about how Lou Dort shut down James Harden. They heard me saying, and not literally me, but they've heard people like me saying, oh my gosh, they can, you know, Lou Dort can become the best defender ever, which I did say. And they want to attack that guy. They want to They want to score on that guy. They want to put hit that guy on a highlight tape. They want to show that, okay, you think he's so good, watch this. And how does Lou Dort respond to that? He responded very well to that in the bubble. He responded very well to that against James Harden in the postseason. But this is a full season later. Personally, I would project that Lou Dort responds very well to that and that Lou Dort uh, takes that challenge head on, and Lou Dort continues to prove to you that he is one of the best defenders you've ever seen. Because he was playing that good of defense with his first practice with the actual roster coming inside the bubble on a two-way deal. He couldn't practice. He could only learn about the team and learn the NBA game through watching on his iPad. It's very exciting stuff what this roster is constructed of, and, and Lou Dort is a big part of the reason why. But the expectation level's there now for Lou Dort. You expect him night in and night out to go take on the best offensive player and to go play immense and amazing defense against him. And then the last note that Mark had in his in his preseason press conference was about Poku. And that basically the approach for Poku is, look, he's going to come to camp. He's going to go through the drills. He's going to compete. He's going to learn. And we'll figure out from there after training camp what his starting point is. 
So it sounds like there is no defined starting point right now. There is no, they're not boxing in Poku. They're not boxing him into, okay, you're not going to play in December. You're not going to play in January. You're only going to be in practice player. You're only going to be a G League player. Or, okay, we're just going to let you go and, and, and flop around on the NBA level and just see what happens. No, they're going to take their time and just evaluate Poku as it comes. And if he has an amazing camp and he has an amazing preseason, they're comfortable playing him. And if he doesn't, they're comfortable waiting and letting him and letting him develop and letting him adjust to the NBA life and to American culture. So I think that that's a really good approach for this organization to take with Poku. But that's what we know so far about this team. Only one day into NBA Media Week. Coming up, we'll talk about Darius Baisley and his interaction with the media, which if you've been on Twitter, you know, was very interesting and very confrontational. So we'll talk all about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Because Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com is the place to go for these protein bars that taste just like a candy bar. They have six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are soft and easy to chew with 100% chocolate on the outside. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. They are perfect for you pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a healthy snack or a meal replacement. They're that filling to me. I can use them as lunch or breakfast. They're just that good. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked on, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And so we're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking more about Media Week and what the players had to say to the media. We're also going to be talking about the conferences as a whole and the win-loss totals and, the, and, and really breaking down a power rankings of sorts of the upcoming season. So if all things were even and there's no... COVID, if you can just turn that off in your mind for a second, and if you can turn off basketball injuries, we know what will happen, turn all that off. Just on paper, how good is each team comparatively to the Thunder? Where do they slot out at? And are they closer to the middle? Are they closer to the postseason? Or are they where we think they want to be, which is at the very bottom of the of the standings 
with a chance at, at Cade Cunningham. So we'll break all of that down in depth tomorrow from a grand picture NBA thing and an NBA scope, as well as, of course, Media Week continuing and any news that breaks between now and then. Look, we got the Christmas Day slate today at about 7 o'clock, so maybe tomorrow by tomorrow we'll have the entire schedule out, and we can talk about that as well. So, so much to stay locked into Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. By the way, next week we're going to talk with Josh Lloyd, fantasy basketball expert about fantasy basketball and what you need to know getting ready for your season. If you want to participate in Locked on Thunder's Fantasy Basketball League, hit me up on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles or email LLThunderPod at gmail.com. That is LLThunderPod at gmail.com. You can email me your information to get started with Locked on Thunder Fantasy Basketball. So, so much to dive into on Locked on Thunder. But right now, we move into Darius Baisley's media availability. And of course, you have to start with the with the sparks flying. It's a start with the biggest topic about this media day from Baisley. And that is the fact that he pushed back on, he, he really pushed back on one question pretty harshly in my opinion. So let's break this down. Okay. I want to break this down from the question, the answer, the reaction from fans, and then my opinion on all of it. So the question to Baisley was, how did you find out about all these moves happening was it a team text thread? Was it social media? What was the experience like for you? And the experience being the team making all these moves, trading Chris Paul, trading Steven Adams, the roster overturning overnight, and again, making Hamadou Diallo the longest tenured Thunder player. What was that experience like for you? Because for fans and for the media, look, it was a crazy week. We had no idea what all was going to happen. We just knew stuff was going to happen, and, and then you saw how it all unfolded for us. So how did it unfold for you? And so, so the actual question again was, quote, how did you find out about all these moves? Was there a team text thread? Was it on Twitter? What was it like for you? End quote. The answer was, quote, does it really matter how I found out? I don't like those kind of questions because it makes me feel like you're trying to stir stuff up. So that was the response to, how'd you find out? Now, the reaction to this was all over the place. Fans were saying how stupid the question was and, wow, Baisley... That was kind of rude. That was really rude. That was kind of Russell Westbrook-like. That was that was kind of Russell Westbrook-esque. And then also, fans saying, see, I knew that we should worry about these young guys not wanting to do the rebuild and, that, and, that, and not wanting to stick around for a rebuild and being upset with the organization. So let's just kind of deconstruct all of this. First and foremost, I want to talk about this from a media side of things and from the question, because personally... I'm a journalism major and I have seven jobs in journalism. I just love journalism. So when I talk about the question itself, the question itself to me was not stupid. It was not a bad question. It was not an idiotic question. Um, and it was something that is asked all the time. And it's something that I would feel comfortable asking Darius Baisley about. Now, I didn't ask the question. Andrew Schlecht asked the question. But, but knowing Darius Baisley's personality up until that point, and his track record up until that point, I would feel comfortable asking that question to Baisley. Now, I wouldn't ask that question to Russell Westbrook, but I asked that question to Darius Baisley. What was it like for you? How did you experience this time? What was it like for an NBA player to see their team change in overnight in a blink of an eye? I think that the question was fair. 
It was a fair question, a harmless question. Look, if Darius Baisley answers this question by saying, oh man, it was crazy. You know, we I was on Twitter, just like you guys looking at Woe's notifications. No matter if that's how he found out or not, let's just say that he said that. Let's just say that he said, man, I was looking at Woj's timeline and this guy was gone, that guy was gone, it was crazy. If that's how he answered it and he moved on from that, then the question is not deemed stupid. You cannot play the results. You cannot play the answer against the question. You have to take the question from a media standpoint, and if you're really going to call another media member stupid or if fans are going to attack somebody's credibility, if you're really going to do that, you cannot factor in the answer. You have to factor in the question. If you, if I only gave you the question and did not tell you how he answered it, what would you feel about that question? And that question is not a stupid one. That question is a harmless question that is asked many, many times to many, many players and gets many, many answers. And it's something I think that the fans would find interesting. Your job in the media is to get information for the public. Would you rather know Darius Baisley's experiences and Darius Baisley's feelings and how Darius Baisley found out about the monumental changes to the roster? Or would you rather somebody ask him, Hey, Baisley, first time uh, getting the one-on-one a training session today. How'd you feel out there? What is more beneficial to the public? And this was not a question that set up Baisley to say anything negatively. It was not a question, in my opinion, to stir anything up the way that Baisley thinks it was. But Baisley has the right not to answer it. He has the right to do what he did. Baisley is in the right, but so is Andrew. Both parties here are right, and that's okay. Not everything has to be only one side is right. Everything should be judged in the vacuum. You cannot play the results of the answer. So was the question right? Yes, I do think that that's a good question. I think that that's a legitimate question, a fair question, and a smart question. Is the answer right? Yes, I do think that Baisley has the right to feel as though... He doesn't need to tell us how he found out. And I can understand why Baisley feels, especially over Zoom where you're looking at a black screen, you're not looking at the at the facial expressions of the people asking him questions to know the kind of tone they're actually using. I understand why he would think that this was to make him say something to the effect of, oh, the organization told me this was going to happen way back in the bubble. It's where that creates headlines and, and, and even some negative headlines. And then to say, oh, well, I didn't even find out until Woj tweeted it out. And then that creates a negative headlines in the sense of, wow, the organization had that little respect for you. They did not even tell you before it happened. He's in a bad spot in his mind. And I, and I, and I appreciate him not answering the question if he does not feel comfortable. His answer is totally fine. But I don't feel like Andrew was trying to stir stuff up I don't feel like Andrew was out of line asking that question. And I don't think that Darius Baisley was wrong for not answering it. And that's from a media standpoint where it ends. So don't attack the question asker. Don't attack the question. Don't act like this is the reason why that Darius Baisley is going to leave him for agency. Don't, don't act like any of that. That's, that's silly. We've done this already. The Mr. Unreliable headline is not why Kevin Durant is in Golden State or in Brooklyn right now. And when the Oklahoman ran the Mr. Unreliable headline, they immediately retracted it and cowered down to the organization. Look, the question was not bad. 
The answer was not bad. And that's it. That's it. Now, moving on to the reaction, we've already discussed the stupid, the stupid question part of it. And now let's talk about the, the Baisley part of it. I don't think Baisley was rude. Was Baisley his fun-loving self where he's making jokes left and right? No, he wasn't making a ton of jokes. I mean, he smiled at us when he first sat down. He smiled at some of the questions, and that was that. He wasn't making a ton of jokes. He wasn't making a, 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 a goofy aspect of all of this. But when does he ever really do that in, in the setting he was in? He was at a podium. He was sitting down. He was feeling questions. Now, he is a fun-loving guy. He is a hilarious dude on Instagram, on Twitter, on those team videos where the team is following him around while he's getting off the bus or while he's you know playing a quick game of, of cornhole at the bubble. You know, he's really funny in those settings, but in this setting, he was never really outlandishly funny or, or, or over-the-top goofy. Did I think that he had a little bit of a, of a different attitude? I did think he had a little bit of a different attitude, but he's a human being. He's not going to act the exact same way with the exact same tone and personality every single day. Neither do I. Neither do you. We all have, have differences in, in tones and differences in um, the way we address things from day to day. And today, Darius Baisley wanted to just simply answer the questions. He didn't want, we did not want to be goofy or, or diverge too far from him. He wanted to give you the answer and get out. And he has that right. I don't think that Baisley was rude. I really don't. I don't think that Baisley was trying to be Russell Westbrook. I think that Baisley was trying to be Darius Baisley. To me, there was not that big of a difference between what I've seen him do in previous media scrums and this one. If you compare it to his Instagram stories, yeah, there was a difference, but his Instagram stories are not media availabilities. I don't think Baisley was rude. And I, and I think that Darius Baisley, again, when I reiterate this, had every right to not answer that question. And I don't think any differently of him because he didn't answer it. But on the same token... Andrew had every right to ask that question. And Andrew was not trying to play gotcha journalism. He was not trying to stir anything up or get clicks or any of that. And if you could hear the way he asked the question, you'd understand that he genuinely wanted to know the experience of an NBA player, which I think is his job. And I think it's what you guys would want to hear about too. So don't play the results. Because again, if this answer was different, if this answer from Baisley was his true experience, you would love it. You would love that soundbite. But I want to talk now real quickly about the reaction of, see, these young guys don't like the rebuild. How did you get that? How did you get that out of anything that happened today? These young guys are getting more opportunity, more responsibility, more chances, and they're, and they're being given a very respected organization. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Was Baisley shorter today than normal? Was he was he a little more to the point and direct? Sure. I mean, if you, if you really want to compare it to previous iterations, you know, you can maybe say he was more direct, okay? That's as far as I'll go. But again, he's a human being. He can change the way he reacts to things. He can change, change the way that he talks about things from the everyday life and from day to day. 
So if Darius basically has another press conference in two weeks and he is just laughing it up and, and he is making jokes left and right, does that mean all of a sudden now he's all for the rebuild? We don't know what he thinks about the rebuild. And again, this is not going to be the reason why he does not stay in Oklahoma City or Shea. If those two guys don't stay in Oklahoma City, it's because of one of two things. Number one, they didn't want to stay here, period, no matter what happened. Or number two, that the organization did not build a contending team around them from now until the point of them leaving. And I have a lot of faith in this organization that they will build a contending team around them from now until the point of them leaving in eight or nine years. But I did want to talk about some of the more interesting aspects of this press conference, such as what the organization has communicated to Baisley as his role and as his opportunity this season. And I want to talk about something interesting he said about the offseason that I had not really considered. So that's coming up after this. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to continue talking about Darius Baisley and talking about his media availability. So he says that the team has communicated to him that this is a great opportunity to learn and to grow. Very consistent with what we've heard all the way around from Sam and from Mark and now from Baisley himself. And what really got my ears perked up about Baisley's press conference was not the interaction with Andrew. It was the, it was the fact of the offseason question that was asked to him, I believe, by Jenny Carlson, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I think it was by Jenny, though. And Jenny was saying, look, this offseason is shorter right now. It's shorter than, than the hiatus offseason even, you know, between March and the bubble. It's shorter than that. So what have you gotten to work on? And I think that the question was phrased very well because I do think that that's kind of the general consensus of, okay, these guys just played. For those for those teams that made the bubble, they just played in August. They just played in September and October. They haven't had that much time between then and December 1st. But Baisley really opened my eyes up to something different and, and a different perspective. And again, this is what media days are all about. It's, it's asking those questions to see what it's like to be an NBA player. And Baisley on the offseason said there was plenty of time. He, he worked on his game. He lifted a lot. He got on the court to work on his game. He, he, you know, he worked all aspects of his game, uh, lifting and, and, and really focusing on his body. And that the offseason is, quote, not as short as some people make it seem or think it is, as long as you manage your time, end quote. So I found that very intriguing because I was also, I was also thinking to myself, look, I mean, the offseason was nothing. It was a blink of an eye. So what can these guys bring into this season? Before the bubble in, in May, I was saying how we're going to see the, the, the preview of, of year three Shea in the bubble because that is the length of an offseason he's gotten to work on his game. And I didn't expect him to look much different from the bubble to December because that's not a lot of time. But you see the Instagram stories, you see the work that Shea's putting in and, and Basley's putting in and these guys are putting in. Shea looks like he has a new jump shot even. You see all of that and you realize... Okay, but this is like their literal job, so they've probably managed their time a lot better than than we're giving them credit for, and that they probably have improved a lot about their game to this point. So maybe we'll we'll see a lot of guys take another leap than what, what than what I think many people are expecting and many people are um, anticipating. So that's going to be very fun to follow throughout this entire season. And now I want to dive into the quick NBA news and the Thunder news. The first piece of Thunder news is that they have waived guard. Josh Gray. That's expected in my opinion. 
you know that he was not a part of my roster 1.0 or 2.0 projections. He is one of the easiest cuts to make, as well as the other guys you got from the Pelicans. They're all on a three-year deal, but only one year is guaranteed. Very low money. Easy to, to waive those guys whenever you're trying to maneuver the roster crunch you are. So ESPN did leak the Christmas Day slate. And this came out from Woj. I think that the NBA got this right. And there's only really minor things I'll change about it. So let's just dive into it real quick. The first game of the day is Pelicans at Heat, 11 a.m. Central Center Time. I'm going to give all these times in Central Time Zone because, of course, it's where Oklahoma is. So if you're outside of Central Time Zone, just adjust from there. So this game at 11 o'clock is between the Pelicans and the Heat on Christmas Day. The Zion factor is there again. I wonder just how many games they'll put the Pelicans on national TV because they tried that last year with Zion. And, of course, the injuries, the minute restrictions really threw that off course and really threw that for a loop. I will say that with this schedule being in, in such a way that it's broken up between the first half and the second half. So again, the NBA schedule that you see in the next week will only include games up until the all-star break. And then they'll readjust from there. That I think is a very big benefit for the national TV partners and the national TV schedule, because you can evaluate what teams are good, what teams underperformed, what teams got just devastated with injuries and adjust your way of thinking at that time. So I do wonder what the Pelicans model will be moving forward for national TV games, but obviously they will get a game on Christmas. And deservedly so. I mean, that's a fun team with Zion, Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, of course, Thunder Legend, Stephen Adams. Uh, it's a new look roster. And you would hope, finger, fingers crossed, that Zion never gets hurt this season and has a very healthy NBA career. But also, if you're banking on a national TV game to go through with Zion on the team, it would be at most game two. If they start December 22nd and then play the 25th, it'd be at most game two. So there you go. Zion is on national TV on Christmas Day to lead things off against the Heat. The Heat, of course, had their magnificent run to the NBA Finals. And then game two is the Warriors and the Bucks at 1.30. This is the only game I would change, really. And I'm not sure if this decision was made prior to Clay or post-Clay, but in my opinion, whenever Clay went down, if you were simply going for the entertainment factor, I know that the Warriors have Steph Curry. I know that the Warriors have a bigger brand and a bigger fan base, but sliding in Trey Young and the Hawks and all they've done this offseason to go up against the Bucks at 130 would have been more interesting for the, like the diehard basketball fans, but I do get the appeal of the Warriors. So that is the only complaint I have with the Christmas Day slate that I think that the NBA knocked out of the park this year. Because at number three in game three, we have Nets at Celtics at 4 p.m. I believe that if Kyrie plays in this game, that'll be the first time he ever plays on the home court of a team he's once played for as an opponent. So like, for example, whenever he was at Boston, he never played in Cleveland and he's still never played in Cleveland, even in Brooklyn. And then whenever he's with the Nets, he's never played in Boston. And so far he's never played in Cleveland either. So he's never played on the, on the same floor. He once called his home as an opponent. I hope that that changes obviously for Christmas day. Cause that'd be really fun to see KD Kyrie go up against Kimba, Justin Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, at four o'clock. And then the big one, the biggest game of the day for me, and I think for every basketball fan, is the fourth game. It's for prime time, seven o'clock. It is Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. This is going to be such a fun game. I just cannot wait for seven o'clock on Christmas Day. And then we end the night with Clippers, Nuggets, 
of course, you want to put a Nuggets game on there for the late, late night television at 10.30 p.m. And I think that this is the most interesting matchup. They usually go Utah-Denver or Portland-Denver and things like that. But sliding in Kawhi and PG is really interesting at 10.30. And I'm very looking forward to that game as well. So it's still a star-studded Christmas Day slate. Basketball will be here before you know it. We're a week away from preseason basketball. I mean, that thing starts on Friday next week. I am so excited. Of course, this show ran long, so we'll get to the top storylines to follow and how to watch a tanking team tomorrow, as well as breaking down and tearing off the Western Conference teams. So it's a loaded week of Locked on Thunder, but be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.